Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Today our topic is Afghanistan and prophecy. Afghanistan is certainly in the news these days, but is it in prophecy? And the answer is yes, it is. Now, to understand where we're going with this, we've got to back up. We've got to go to the Bible in a couple of places. First, let's start at Daniel chapter 7. I'm going to read all of the verses you see here, which, by the way, I'm making this into a video production. So if you're listening to it, you should also be watching it. That is, if you want to see the text as we're going along. So essentially, Daniel chapter 7 says that there's four great beasts. The first one is the lion out of the lion cable, the eagle's wings, which basically is saying America. The second one is the bear. Of course, that's the Russian bear. And the third one, which is our topic today, is the leopard. After this, I beheld and lo, another like a leopard, which had on the back of it four wings of a fowl. And I believe that that's talking about four land masses. And the beast also had four heads, meaning each one of these four land masses will also have a flesh and blood person running it. And dominion was given to it. Now, it'd be complicated to go back and explain to you. But if you go all the way back to Esau in the days back there, and it talks about the prophecies with the dominion, essentially it says that this this third beast, the leopard, (coughs) meaning Islam, won't come to power until the last days, until dominion is given to it. Well, the dominion apparently has not been given to it yet because it hasn't even been formed. In other words, right now, there is not a four-nation group or confederacy or a caliphate that is under the sign of Islam, that has four nations or four land masses with four heads. We don't have that. Now, that's also one of the things that tells me that we're probably not as close to the end as we think because you can't have the fourth beast until you have the third beast. Now, that may be days away or almost all, both of them starting at the same time, but nevertheless, we don't have the third beast yet. The third beast is an Islamic leopard, And you might be saying, well, where do you get that the leopard's Islam? It's very simple. All you have to do is just Google the word leopard, pull up maps of where leopards live, then pull up maps of where Muslims live, overlay the maps, and you'll see that they're almost exact. And then if you pull up and do some research, and I have, about the leopard and the living, the fighting, the breeding habits of the leopard versus the Muslims, they're almost exactly the same. Leopards don't like to fight face-to-face, and neither do Muslims. Muslims have a phrase that says, uh, run to fight another day. They tend to, to fight at night. They tend to live in caves, all of which describes Muslims. Now, I'm not trying to be offensive to Muslims. I'm just trying to say that the leopard is, in prophecy, talking about Islam or the Muslims. Now, the fourth beast is the world government. And I beheld a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong, exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth and devoured breaking pieces. And it goes on down and says it has ten horns, meaning that they take the seven continents and divide them into ten global regions. We don't have that yet. I think that we're in the process of seeing that set up over the next, possibly even this year or next year. We're going to see that global kingdom come into place. All right, now let's go to the next part. We have to understand some of the things I'm going to read today in these chapters don't necessarily be talking about Afghanistan or America, but some of them do. Because Ecclesiastes 1.9 says, The thing that hath been is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there's no new thing under the sun, meaning prophecy or history repeats. 
And we have to be able to discern the difference between repeating prophecies that were speaking about that old nation versus the prophecies repeating again today, speaking about a modern nation, specifically Afghanistan, or in this case also America. Also understand when it talks about Merodach or Baladan, it's actually referring to Moloch and Baal, and I'll let you read all of the details I dug up on it. But anyway, let's get going. From uh, <clears throat> when the angel spoke to Dimitri, he said, tell them to read Jeremiah chapter 51, we'll read in a moment, verses 8 to 15, he names it the mystery of Babylon, talking about America, the great adulteress, also Revelation 18, the whole chapter. There it says clearly what will happen to America. Now, let's go and read those verses, he said. This specifically is talking about America. Wait a minute, I thought we were talking about Afghanistan and prophecy. We are. I'll show you. Jeremiah 51, verse 6. Flee out of the midst of Babylon, that means America, and deliver every man his soul, meaning that there's going to come a time when the Holy Spirit will tell us to leave America. Right now, the Holy Spirit is telling us to come out of America in that we should not look like the world, walk like the world, talk like the world. We should be coming out and being separate and not part of her sins. Be not cut off in her iniquity. Iniquity is repeating or habitual sin. For this is the time of the Lord's vengeance. Now, almost every time you see that word vengeance, almost every time a Bible prophecy, it is almost always talking about the last seven years, the seven-year tribulation. He will render unto her a recompense. In other words, give her what she deserves. Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. <clears throat> now, tell you a little story. Uh, probably it was in the early 80s. I sent a letter to, uh, oh, what's the fellow that had a big prophecy ministry down in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, 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 drawing a blank right now. But anyway, I sent him a letter and I said, you should invite Dimitri Dudeman to be a speaker because he was Mr. Prophecy at the time. And he had a big uh, TV program at the time and big uh, meeting he had once a year. And if you were into prophecy and you wanted to be heard, you had to get to his meeting. Well, I sent him a letter, and sure enough, he invited Dimitri to speak. At that time, we were about to go to war with Saddam Hussein. <clears throat> He's sitting in the audience. Dimitri says, Lord, I don't know what to say, because every person is getting up and saying, oh, Babylon, this is talking about how Saddam Hussein is going to be defeated in a war soundly, and every one of the prophecy teachers were getting up saying these scriptures are actually talking about uh, Babylon as in Saddam Hussein in Iraq. He said, so what do I say? He said, the angel spoke to his heart and said that when you get up there, I'll give you the words to say. So he walked up there not knowing what to say, and the angel spoke in his ear and told him what to say. He said, when Saddam Hussein prays, to what God does he pray to? And of course, they all agreed, we praise to Allah. He said, okay, so these verses that you're saying are actually talking about Iraq and Saddam Hussein are not talking about Iraq, but they are in fact talking about America. And, of course, there was a hush come over the group. Now, let me explain. He said, Babylon had been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. He said, Iraq has never been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. Iraq has never even been with the Lord Jesus. This is talking about America. That made the whole earth drunken. Now, when it says drunken, it means that America is the nation that took the music to the world, the movies to the world, the filthy uh, literature to the world, America took the Bible to the world and got blessed because of it, and then America, through Hollywood, has now taken the filth. So when it's talking about wine, it's talking about sin. 
I made a whole DVD talking about uh, how I do not believe that the fruit that Adam and Eve ate of was actually an apple, but I believe it was a grape, because everything in the Bible about grapes and wine and vineyard and wine press and all of that is all referring to sin. So this verse is actually saying that America caused the world to sin. Babylon, or America, hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand. In other words, she was with the Lord and made all the earth drink of her sin, that the nations have been made drunken with her wine. Therefore, the nations are angry. In other words, yes, the nations are angry at America for corrupting their nation. Babylon has suddenly fallen. America falls suddenly and destroyed. How for her take balm for pain, if so she may be healed. We would have healed Babylon, <clears throat> but she is not healed. Forsake her and let us go into everyone in his own country. Meaning, there's going to be a time when the Holy Spirit tells Christians to literally pack up and leave America. It's not yet. Right now, it's just come out of her sin. And I want to believe that this actually takes place towards the end of the tribulation. I said, I want to believe that. And I've got a chart here. I'll show you in just a second why I have some reasons to believe that. But I don't know that for sure, and I'm going to make that absolutely positively clear. We would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. Forsaken, and let everyone go into his own country. For her judgment reaches unto heaven. Her judgment reaches unto heaven. I'm going to show you that. Now, this is Jeremiah chapter 51. But I'm also going to show you that in Revelation 18. So we go to Revelation 18.3. For all nations who have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Same words. It's talking about the same thing. And the kings of the earth who committed fornication with her. In other words, we have caused all of the nations to go into sin just as we did. All of the world has followed us into sin. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich. That's true. The people that sell to America have become rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, here it is again, this is a repeat, Come out of her, my people, that you be not protectors of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. Yes, there's a time we'll be told to leave, but it's not yet. For her sins have reached unto heaven. Now, back up. <clears throat> if you look right here, very next to the bottom line, for her judgment reaches unto heaven. Now, that's Jeremiah 51, verse 9. Then you go to Revelation 18, 5, and it's almost exactly the same word. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Why does it say God hath remembered her iniquities? For him to remember the iniquities, he had to first forget them. Why would God forgive, forget iniquities? That's a habitual sin. Well, the answer is because this is a nation that once was washed in the blood of Jesus. And those sins were covered so that God wasn't remembering those sins. But as America has turned away from Jesus, especially our sons and daughters, our grandchildren, many of the people that are sinning so much today, their grandparents, their great-grandparents, were great children, or great, uh, great servants of the Lord, great, great Christians. But as they've turned away, they sinned, God has started remembering their iniquities. And by the way, that fits in no other nation in the world. <laughs> we're the only nation that fits. Reward her, even as she rewarded you, and double under double according to her works. In the cup that she has filled, fill to her double. So just as America has been blessed, when her judgment comes, it's going to be twice as bad. She's been twice blessed, so she gets twice cursed. How much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. Now, what is this? For she saith in her heart, I said a queen, and I'm no widow, 
and shall see no sorrow. Now, to me that sounds like a pre-trib rapture. What nation hangs its hat on the pre-trib rapture more than any other nation of the world? When you go to a prophecy conference, you can be rest assured of one thing, that if they believe in pre-trib, they will always have another speaker trying to convince you that it's pre-trib. Now, if you go to one of our prophecy conferences, we don't even mention the trib because we know it's post and it's already been settled in our heart. And we don't have any more people talking on the pre-trib or mid-trib. Or we don't have anybody discussing the rapture because it's already settled in our heart. So when it says, I set a queen and I'm no widow and she'll see no sorrow, it's talking about a pre-trib rapture. Therefore, shall our plagues come in one day. In other words, because America wouldn't listen, because we believe in a pre-trib rapture, we don't listen. Consequently, we won't let God correct us. Therefore, her plagues have to come in one day. Death, mourning, and famine, the very things we don't want to see, come upon us in one day. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Utterly burned, that probably is nuclear. Now let's go back to Jeremiah 51. For the Lord had brought forth our righteousness. Come, and let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord. Now when it says Zion, what's that? What's Zion? Well, I can answer that question. But the only reason I can answer that question is because I got some revelation from the Lord back when I wrote the book, Secret Door to Understand Bible Prophecy. If you go to Revelation 14.1, and I think I pulled it up here. I'm going to go to it, show you anyway. This is when I want to go to it. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Zion. Well, who's the lamb? Well, that's Jesus. Okay, so what's he doing standing on Mount Zion? Mount Zion is about a 30-minute walk from Mount of Olives. Why is he talking about Zion here? Because Jesus returns two more times, not just one more time. See if I have a chart. Okay, now I'm going to use my mouse here to show you. Over here is first fruits. The next time Jesus returns, he returns on first fruits. That's what Revelation 14.1 is talking about. When he returns, he walks around for about 50 days with 144,000 that he has just resurrected. Then on Pentecost, all of those people washed in the blood of the Lamb, along with the Jews, the 144,000 Jews, then ascend to the marriage supper of the Lamb. At the marriage supper of the Lamb, we are not the point. We are the bride, but all we get is a wedding garment and the privilege to watch Jesus change from Lamb to Lion, from Prince to King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus is crowned with many crowns, a vesture dipped in his own blood, and then everybody gets to return on a white horse about four months later at the seventh trumpet or the grape harvest or Armageddon. And that's when he uses the morning star. All right, now let me back up. So when it says, And I looked and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Zion. That's obviously talking about Israel in general, but specifically the mountain of Zion, which is a small mountain, I might add. And with him, 144,000, having his father's name written in the foreheads. Now, I don't have time to explain all that. Get the book, and it'll explain it to you. All right, now let's back up. Here we are. Jeremiah 51, verse 10 again. So the Lord had brought forth our righteousness. Come, let us declare in Zion the work of the Lord. That's a date stamp. That's telling us when the fall of America is going to be. What? Wait a minute. Look at it. It's saying that the fall of America happens when Israel has turned back to the Lord, when they can then declare in Zion the work of the Lord. 
To me, that may be hinting that Jesus has already returned for the next time. Or you might say, since he's come the one time, it would be the second time. And then the third time would be the to the Mount of Olives. So let me say it this way to clarify. So the next time or the second time would be when he returns to the Mount Zion, resurrects 144,000. The third and the final time he comes is when he returns to the Mount of Olives. They split in two and Cleveland, to, I mean, all of that sort of stuff. Now he says, declare in Zion the work of the Lord our God. So this is at a time when Israel has now accepted Jesus. Not that they all accept him. And we'll get to that too. Make bright the arrows. Gather the shields. The Lord had raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes. Who are the Medes? Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, in that general area. Raised up the spirit of the Medes. Meaning that some of the nations that will be attacking America will be, I'm not saying all of these will be involved, but possibly, Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan. If you think about the Middle East, who would be the nations that hate America the most? Well, probably Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, which is the spirit of the kings of the Medes. For her device is against Babylon to destroy it, because it is the vengeance of the Lord, the vengeance of his temple. Now, it says vengeance again in the same sentence, twice. Again, any time you see the word vengeance, that's a date stamp. That's a time stamp. And almost always, you almost count on it, it's always talking about the tribulation. So this is talking about a time towards the end of the tribulation when Israel and Judah have come together as one stick. I'll show you that too. Let's go on. Set up the standard upon the walls of Babylon. Now when it says set up the standard, Bible only says that about three times. Every time it says that, it's a judgment. When it says set up a standard, it's meaning saying, this is my word. How are you doing following my word? And, of course, America right now is not doing so good. So when it says set up the standard, it's saying, how are you doing in general about my word specifically? How are you doing in following the Ten Commandments in specific? Set up the standard upon the walls of Babylon. Make the watch strong. Set up the watchman. Pair the ambushes. See, there's an ambush. God has prepared an ambush for America. I want to believe that it's not real soon, as in not in the next year or two. That's what I want to believe. But I don't know for sure. I want to make that clear. I don't know. I want to believe that we have more time. I want to believe that the solemn September assembly coming up September 6th through 8th of 2021, I want to believe that that's going to get us a delay. That's what I want to believe. I can't promise that, though. For the Lord had both devised and done that which he spake against the inhabitants of Babylon. O thou that dwellest upon many waters. Now, some people want to say, oh, no, this is talking about Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon. Was it 3,000 years ago? That's not talking about America. Wait a minute. Did Babylon ever dwell upon many waters? No, it was desert area. And I'm going to show you also many other places where this is not talking about the old Babylon. This is talking about America. Who is the nation that dwells upon many waters? Who is the nation that pretty much rules and controls the earth today? That would be America. See, we know from uh, Revelation 17.10 that the word waters is talking about people. So it says, thou that dwellest upon many waters, the way we would say that, thou that rules the earth. Well, that's America. Abundant in treasures, that's America. Thine end has come, and the measure of thy covetousness. Covetousness. What's covetousness? 
Well, that means that you just can't make enough money. And that's one thing about Americans. doesn't make any difference how much money they're making. They want to make more. Now let's go to Jeremiah 51.14. The Lord of hosts has sworn by himself, saying, Surely I will fill with thee with men as with caterpillars, and they shall lift up a shout against thee. Well, right now we see thousands of people pouring across our southern border. I think this is a fulfillment of it. I will fill thee with men as with caterpillars. In other words, that's one of the signs saying that America is running out of time. When we see our nation being filled with men, we can't seem to stop them. And I mean, right now we can't seem to stop them. So I think we're getting close to the end here. Now let's go to Jeremiah 50, verse 1. The word of the Lord spake against Babylon, against America, against the land of the Chaldeans by Jeremiah the prophet. Well, Stan, this is not talking about America. This is talking about the land of the Chaldeans. Well, if you do a little research, you'll find out the Chaldeans' land is comprised of Iran, Iraq, Afghanistan. Yes, I know it's more specifically the area of Iran. But at one time, the Chaldeans' empire was pretty large. I did some research. I got a couple of maps to show you here. As you can see in the pink area, this is Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan. At one time, that used to be the whole area of Chaldea. Here's another map. This is showing Chaldea was very, very large. Now, I put the green uh, crescent with the green star there because that's Islam's sign. And if you'll see up the top right of the map, right up here, I'll put the, the mouse up here. This is the, the same body of water as it is here, just so you can kind of get your bearings on where we're talking about. So all of this at one time was Chaldea, meaning specifically today it's Iran, Afghanistan, and this general area. So does this talk, or is this specifically talking about us today? Absolutely it is. Now let's go to Jeremiah 50, verse 2. Declare among the nations and publish, and set up a standard. There's that word again. In other words, bring judgment. Publish and conceal not. Say Babylon is taken. America is taken. Baal. Now that word Baal is another way of spelling Baal. Again, that's the cow god. That's the thing that is controlling our nation, the Moloch and the Baal worshippers, the people that have all of these underground caverns and things like that, these underground monorails, and they believe in human worship and sex trafficking, human trafficking, and filth like that. Babylon is taken, Baal is confounded, Merodach, and that's another word for Moloch. So this is specifically talking about Moloch and Baal. It's saying that Moloch and Baal is controlling our country, and of course we know that it is. Moloch and Baal is broken in pieces. Her idols are confounded. Her images are broken in pieces. Wait a minute, Stan. We don't have any idols or images in America. No, not yet, not to speak of. But when the beast comes, and I want to believe that the fall of America takes place after the beast appears, I want to believe that it's in the last part of the tribulation, though I can't prove that. And I'm not dead serious on it, uh, or dead sure, but at least that, that's what I hope happens. I hope we have a little time. Verse 3. For out of the north there cometh up a nation against her. Wait a minute. See, this is not talking about the Chaldeans of 3,000 years ago. This is not talking about Nebuchadnezzar and his Babylon back in the days of Daniel. This is talking about in our days, because in the days of Daniel, when Nebuchadnezzar and his son 
uh, fell. When that fell, they fell because the Medes and the Persians attacked them. Well, they weren't out of the north. They came out of the, we'll see, that would be the east. So when it says out of the north come up a nation against her, well, what is north of America? Well, that's Canada. But if you keep going north, uh, that's Russia. And that is the nation that Dmitry was told is going to attack and defeat America. Out of the north part, there come up a nation against her. which shall make our land desolate, and none shall dwell therein. And they shall remove, and they shall depart, both man and beast. And in those days, here's a time stamp. It's about to let you know when this coming. And in those days and that time, saith the Lord, the children of Israel shall come. And the children of Israel, uh, children of Judah together, going and weeping, and they shall go and seek the Lord their God. Have we seen that? No, we have not seen that. Now, it's true. And by the way, this is not talking about, again, 3,000 years ago, because only in our day and time, since 1948, when America became a sovereign nation, uh, or a state, I guess I should say more correctly, this is when uh, Judah and Israel came together. The sticks came together and became one. So this had to take place since then. But it goes on to say that go weeping and shall go and seek the Lord their God. Has Israel sought the Lord their God? My opinion, no. Now the next part is very interesting. And they shall ask the way to Zion with their faces thitherward, saying, Come, let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that that shall not be broken, not be forgotten. That happened? No, that hasn't happened. But what it's saying when it says the way to Zion, remember Revelation 14, 1, I looked and lo, a lamb stood upon the Mount Zion. So when it's referring to Zion, or Zion with a Z-I-O-N, it's referring generally to Israel, but specifically since Zion is the next mountain to which Jesus returns the very next time, I want to believe that it's saying that they begin to receive Jesus. Now, we know that not all of them ever receive Jesus. Let me make that clear. But it's saying that many of them will turn to the Lord their God. They shall ask the way to Zion, or the face to the word, saying, Come, let us join ourselves to the Lord in a perpetual covenant that shall not be forgotten. My people hath been a lost sheep, and boy, they have, for the last 2,000-some-odd years. And their shepherds, shepherds have caused them to go astray. And if you go to the Jewish rabbis, they absolutely have nothing to do with Jesus. There's a, a, a hate. I mean, like, blood comes to their eyes. They're furious. They just can't stand Jesus. I'm talking about in general. Yes, I know there's some good rabbis or some good Jews out there that love the Lord Jesus. But what it's saying is, in general, because the the rabbis, the people that lead them, have caused them to go astray and not receive Jesus. And unfortunately, that's true. They have turned them away onto the mountains, and they have gone from the mountain to the hill, and they have forgotten the resting place. Now, this is proof again. I've got this kind of out of order here, but this, so I had to make the point here. Revelation 14.1, I looked and the lamb stood upon the Mount Zion. It's talking about the next time Jesus returns to the earth. And I will explain this, so I'll move on. Then Jeremiah 50, verse 7. This is talking about the heart of the people that attack America in general. And Israel is a little bit in there, too. And all that found them devoured them. And their adversaries say, we offend not because they have sinned against the Lord. See, even the evil people know that they aren't sinning by destroying America because they can see that America is so corrupt. Even the sinners can see we, at that point, at that time, 
and I want to believe it's many years away. Realistically, it's probably only a few years away. But even the the sinners will see that our nation has fallen. Jeremiah 50, verse 8. Remove out of the midst of Babylon and go forth out of the land of the Chaldeans. Wait a minute. You see, people used to say, no, that can't be talking about America. There's not any Americans in Chaldea. Well, today, even as I speak, the thing that is in the news is, are we going to be able to bring the Americans home from Afghanistan? (laughs) And that's the land of the Chaldeans. All of that, Iran, Afghanistan, Iraq, all of that is once under the control of the Chaldeans. So, yes, it does fit, doesn't it? Be as the he-goats before the flocks, meaning... Be very aggressive. A goat is very aggressive compared to a sheep. For lo, I'll raise and cause to come up against Babylon or America an assembly of great nations from the north country. See, when the old Babylon was taken, it's just the Medes and the Persians, just two nations that took them down. But this one, and by the way, they, they came out of the east. But this, let me think, wait a minute. Uh, it may be the west. I don't know. I'm not getting my map straight in my head here. Anyway, there's assembly of great nations out of the North Country. What was Dimitri told? Russia, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America, Mexico, and two other countries. So it's an assembly of nations, but they're headed up by Russia coming out of a North Country. And they shall set themselves in array against her. From thence shall she be taken. Their arrows, or their missiles, shall be as of a mighty expert man, and none shall return in vain. The Russians right now say not only do they have a missile that can't be stopped, but they can detect and stop any of the missiles that we throw at them. They are openly saying in so many words, they can defeat us and we can't stop them. You know, when your enemy is saying that they can defeat you and you can't stop them, that's probably the time to start listening, but we're not listening. And Chaldea shall be a spoil. All that spoil her shall be satisfied, talking about America. Because you were glad, because you rejoiced, oh, you destroyers of mine heritage. That means that there's going to come a time when America turns against Israel. Yes. Because you're grown fat as the heifer at grass and bellow as bulls. In other words, because you're arrogant and you think you are a queen and shall see no sorrow, therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death, mourning, and famine. And she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her. Okay, I showed you the map, so let's move on. Jeremiah 50, verse 12. Your mother shall be sore confounded. Okay, who's the mother of America? Let's see, where did the eagle come from? The eagle came from the lion, and the lion is England. So what it's saying is there's going to come a point where America is so corrupt, so evil, so full with sin, that she embarrasses the, the English, the Brits, the British, to even think that they're even associated, that, that that nation that has so corrupted herself came out of Britain. Your mother shall be sore confounded. She that bare you shall be ashamed. Behold, the hindermost of the nations. And as you look at those nations, going back to Daniel chapter 7, the, the, or the, the, uh, the last of those nations formed, is America. So it's talking about the hindermost of the nations shall be a wilderness, a dry land, and a desert. Speaking of America. Because of the wrath of the Lord, it shall not be inhabited, but it shall go forth wholly desolate. Everyone that goeth by Babylon shall be astonished and hissed at all her plagues. Jeremiah 50, verse 27. Slay all her bullocks. 
If you go to Israel and you order up a steak, it's as thin as bacon. I mean, they don't have nice steaks in Israel. They, their primary food in terms of meat is lamb. And I might add, I didn't care for it much. So what is the nation that is famous for the best beef in the world? That would be America. So it's saying kind of like, you know, Buffalo Bill, Cody, and all of those guys, what did they do to defeat the Indians? They killed all of their food source. They killed all of the buffalo, or most of them. So consequently, they had to do as they were told. In this case, the nations that invade America kill all of our beef, all of our cattle. Slay all our bullocks. Let them go down to the slaughter. Woe unto them, for the day has come, the time of their visitation. Verse 40. It'll be as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, that's not what happened in the old days of Babylon. What happened was they diverted the river, and then they came in under where the river used to go, and they defeated Babylon. Well, that's not what happened here. This is fire from heaven. We call them nuclear bombs today. As God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighbor cities thereof, saith the Lord, shall no man abide there. Neither shall any son of man dwell therein. Behold, a people shall come from the north, and a great nation. And many kings shall be raised up from the coasts of the earth. Well, that's Russia and all our allies. And they shall hold the bow and the lance, and they are cruel. And they will not show mercy. And boy, that's the heart of Islam. I mean, they they don't have mercy even on their own daughters that turn to Jesus. They killed them, beat them. They turn them out. So they're... Uh, hmm, Not kind people, let's put it that way. Many of them. Now, not all the Muslims. I met some good Muslims, but I'm saying the heart, the typical heart. Jeremiah 51, verse 39. In their heat, and I've got a couple of verses here that really describe America and what happens just before we fall. In their heat, I will make their feasts, and I will make them drunken, that they may rejoice and sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake. Right now, the church is asleep. America's asleep. Even Dimitri, when he came here, he said, Wake up, America. That was the title of his DVD. He always walked around saying, Wake up, America. Wake up, America. I can still remember him say it. We're asleep. Jeremiah 51, verse 49. And Babylon hath caused the slain of Israel to fall. So at Babylon shall fall the slain of all the earth. So because we turn against Israel... And that's part of what Dimitri was told. That's part of what Leslie was told. As we turn against Israel, God will turn against us. 51 verse 50. Ye that have escaped the sword, go away. Stand not still. Remember the Lord afar off and let Jerusalem come into your mind. I think that that's a hint saying that when you see the fall of America coming, that you should move to Israel in general, specifically to Jerusalem. As I've said, If you want to try to survive the tribulation, that's not my goal. But if you want to, here's what I would recommend you do. As the trouble approaches America and you see it, I would recommend you move to Jerusalem. And then as you see the beast arise, I'd recommend you go straight south, probably at first down to the land of unwalled villages, which is probably going to be in southwest Israel. Uh, Yeah, that'd be right, southwest And then eventually you would want to move down to the real Mount Sinai, which is 216 miles straight south of Jerusalem, down to the original Mount Sinai, 
because that's on the way down there. That's when the Bible says, and the dragon cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away with the flood. And the dragon opened up her mouth and helped the woman and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. So what happens is, is as the people see the beast set on the Ark of the Covenant, commit the abomination of desolation, then they're commanded by Matthew 24 to leave. Don't collect $200. Don't pass go. Don't, don't pack or anything. Run. Run for your life. And they will run 216 miles straight south down to the real Mount Sinai. On the way down there, the devil causes a flood and tries to drown them. But the earth cracks, opens up, swallows up the flood. The devil sees then that they are being supernaturally protected by God for the last three and a half years of the tribulation. And that's when the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. We keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So he leaves them. He sees God's protecting them. He goes back to make war, make trouble for the people that did not leave Jerusalem. So the key is, if you want to try to survive to the end, Jerusalem, you see the beast, you run south early before the abomination of desolation, and you go to Mount Sinai, which by then... We hope to be a pretty nice place to try to live through the tribulation, but we'll see how how God works that all out. Now, I want to compare Jeremiah 51 verse 9, excuse me, verse 39 to 51, 57. So let me read them back to back here. I will make them drunken that they may rejoice and sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake. Then you go to Jeremiah 51 verse 7. I will make drunk her princes. Who's a prince? Well, that's royalty, okay? And her wise men, uh, that's the educated ones. The captains, well, that's military. Her rulers, that's probably your lawyers. And her mighty men, that's, again, military. And possibly also the wealthy men. And they shall sleep a perpetual sleep and not wake, saith the king, whose name is the Lord of hosts. So we have two verses here that says America is not going to wake up. America is not going to come out of her sleep. And, and I would like to think that God is going to give... I, I, here's what I want to think. I want to think that these massive arrests will be countered by God as, at least to a certain degree, America repenting and turning back to him. And God hears from heaven, forgives our sin, and heals our land at least, and gives us a few more years. That's what I want to believe. I can't guarantee that, but that's what I want to believe. I want to believe that the fall of America is yet many more years off. However... It might not be. How do we know? Well, the things we watch for, for the fall of America, I'll give you this again. I've got it written right here, January 22, 2006. I'll give you the order that I believe that they will be fulfilled. So Leslie heard the audible voice of God speak. These are the newspaper headlines. And I saw this, let's see, what was it, June the 14th of 2008, when the Lord came to me that night and he said, Stan, I will give you the money, drill the well in Israel. The rest of that night, part of what he also showed me was Leslie holding up newspaper, like newspapers. And this was the headline on the newspapers. I saw these headlines that I'm about to read here on those newspapers. I saw them. And he said that when these things, when these prophecies I gave your wife, that's exactly the way he worded it. When these prophecies I gave your wife begin to come to pass, people from all directions will begin to turn and listen to your ministry. So if you want to know specifically when America is falling, then grab your pen and pencil and write these down. 
Again, this is the order I think they'll be fulfilled, but they may not be fulfilled in this order. So, one, I believe it will be Usher, uh, Omer ushers in Palestinian state. Omer ushers in Palestinian state. We do not know what Omer is. We don't know if that's the uh, counting of the Omer. We don't know if that's some person whose name is Omer. We don't know. Omer ushers in Palestinian state. Catastrophe hits America. One of America's greatest times of need. Israel refuses help to America. Israel has attacked America since troops. Chaos reigns as Americans protest help to Israel. Then she heard my voice quoting Dimitri, the fall of America will start with an internal revolution, meaning the fall of America. Now, I say all that because I, I believe I am, and I believe you are also doing our dead level best to try to give America more time, but we might not have more time. So what do I suggest? As I've mentioned many times, I'm called to raise up an army of end-time prophecy teachers working miracles. To that degree, I put together a package. If you are a watchman, if you are a teacher of Bible prophecy, or if you want to be the one, then I recommend you get this package. So what we've done is put together a package of my two charts, the seals chart and the feasts chart. These are two foot by three foot. They're on plastic vinyl. Uh, 15 ounce, very nice, very, very colorful. They look really nice. You can use those, put those up in your office or in your bedroom or wherever you get your husband and wife to let you put them up. And if you're teaching prophecy, they're fabulous to put up on the wall when you're teaching prophecy. In addition, I'm also including my book. Here it is. This is the book right here. Okay, I really did. I wrote it out. The whole book of Revelation. This is my book where I wrote out the book of Revelation and I ran it through the copy machine and it's like a hundred some odd pages, 101 pages, something like that. We're including that. Now, why? Well, it's not that you need to have me writing out Revelation, but as you go through here, you can see I have notes. Well, you can look at the page there. There's notes, all of my notes. And I never expected to hand this out to anybody. So those are my own personal private notes of what I think that that's saying. And I think if you want to be able to explain Bible prophecy to people, if you want, especially if you want to be a teacher, this is going to be extremely important. So then we put together the uh, School of the Watchman, which is 15 hours, where I taught through Revelation 5 through 22, which are the most important chapters. If I'd have had five or another three to five hours, I'd have got through the other parts of it anyway. But it's 5 through 22. And uh, it's all on this DVDs where you can watch it. So you've got the charts. You've got my personal book with all my notes. You've also got the, the School of the Watchmen DVDs. All of that valued at $355, all for a gift of $200. Those charts, uh, those probably 100 bucks a chart if you go out to try to just duplicate them. We had to get a whole bunch of copies in order to get them down to a reasonable rate to put this package together. But the ch just the charts, just the charts worth of 200 bucks just the information information is worth thousand dollars i, I would have paid thousand dollars easily i mean just to hear just the one phrase that the audible voice that said the seven seals play over seven years the seven trumpets play over seven months the seven vials play over seven days just that i would have given my teeth to had that 20 years ago so it's extremely important that you get this you get it by going to prophecyclub.com. You can see it there. School of the Watchmen for Watchmen or Teachers, the School of the Watchmen Teachers Package. 
prophecyclub.com, prophecyclub.com. Also, when you go there, I encourage you to get signed up for, so, here, I, here we get, get to the right slide here, to get to, to go to the Watchman's Trumpet, get signed up to go to the Solemn September Assembly. September 6th to 8th, only oh, another week or so away. Go there, get signed up, because we are going to fast and pray for 48 hours and do our very best to turn this nation around. And if you like this, click like, share, and subscribe. The algorithm sends it out to more people if you do that.